Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth weekly episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. We will be publishing these shorter episodes every week with the goal of covering employment law issues surrounding COVID-19. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Uh, Employers beware the, the situation we find ourselves in provides a potential for unique leverage and incentives for collective action. Many low-paid workers have been labeled essential and are obligated to work or feel obligated to work in hazardous conditions for the same low pay, or even in some cases with pay cuts. Other workers and non-essential businesses have watched their companies cut pay, um, put employees on furlough, or do layoffs in great numbers. Uh, It means they might be worried for their jobs. Uh, Perhaps they're thinking of using collective action to protect themselves. Uh, we are pleased to have back with us today employment attorney Jake Monty, managing partner and founder of Monty and Ramirez LLP, with us today to discuss this important topic. For over two decades, Jake Monty has successfully practiced at the intersection of immigration, labor, and employment laws, a nationally recognized authority on issues facing employers with large Hispanic workforces. Jake has written not one but three books on the topic and speaks regularly in English and Spanish on navigating labor and employment matters in industries with heightened immigration scrutiny. His clients include professional baseball teams, grocery store chains, single establishment and chain restaurants, and leading companies in the construction and facility maintenance fields. Jake has been interviewed by major media outlets such as Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC regarding national immigration concerns. Jake founded Monty and Ramirez LLP to offer an integrated approach to dealing with Hispanic workers. He and his bilingual partners address all the critical aspects of employer advocacy from immigration to union matters, workplace safety and employment. Jake, thanks so much for uh, being with us again today. Glad to be here, Jim. So let me ask, why should a non-union employer be concerned about strikes and concerted activity? Well, you know, typically we think of strikes as being conducted or led by unions. And that is certainly true, but under the National Labor Relations Act, concerted activity, which is done by more than one employee, is also protected. And concerted activity can be as simple as circulating a petition that there's not enough social distancing being practiced in in the factory. It could also be discussing safety issues among workers. If employees do that, sign a petition or discuss with other workers safety conditions, then they're automatically given protection by the National Labor Relations Act and you can't terminate them for it. Oftentimes employers are surprised when they get a charge from the, um, that's filed by employees who claim that they have been terminated for engaging in concerted activity because they think that the National Labor Relations Board has no authority. And of course, they're wrong because the National Labor Relations Board covers union activity, but also concerted activity that does not necessarily have to involve a union. That's a really good point. I'm curious, are you aware of any instances where, you know, uh, employees at an organization um, have done a a work stoppage or started some sort of concerted activity organically and then 
uh, established unions come in. I'm laughing, Jim, because we had a case here. I had a client who had that very thing happen to him. The employees actually walked out on strike. It was the Hispanic employees. They were upset at uh, preferential treatment they felt was being given to Vietnamese employees. And Mm. they were, they decided to strike. Well, they were outside and a member of the sheet metal workers union saw them and said, what are you doing? They said, we're on strike. Well, you can't be on strike without a union. Let me help you. And we ended up with a full uh, organization drive led by the sheet metal workers union, but it really fell in their lap. This was something that the employees started because of alleged uh, discrimination uh, that was happening at the workplace, but the union got wind of it. And of course they were happy to, you know, to help the employees try to form a union because ultimately a strike without a union is sort of doesn't make sense from the union's point of view, because you know unions are certainly about helping employees, but they're also a business and they're about dues. So from the union's point of view, a strike without a union is, is, is not any good. I can only imagine um, what was running through the employer's minds as they saw, you know, it started as kind of a small thing evolve into that right before their eyes. You know, Jim, it's it's funny. The you, you said small thing. The alleged discrimination was was certainly felt by the employees, but it was actually started by something even much smaller. It was a rejection by the plant superintendent of an invita- uh, an invitation to attend a a get-together that was sponsored by the Hispanic employees, and yet he attended the the same uh, invitation that was presented by the Vietnamese employees. So out of something very little, a slight, mm. it turned into a, a organic strike and then ended up being a full-on union organizing drive. That's something that employers sometimes forget it's always the little things that drive employees to a union or to take self-help via concerted activities. A number of studies have shown this. It's, it, it seems counterintuitive. People think, well, it must be you know, wages or benefits or retirement plans. Yeah, those are factors. But when employees are polled routinely, the number one issue is bad treatment by supervisors, mm. and that's what drives them to seek outside help or to band together. And sometimes we forget that. We think it's it's just about dollars and cents, and certainly dollars and cents is important, but uh, it's, it's also about the little things, uh, showing up at a Christmas party, saying hello in the morning, uh, being a yeller, being a screamer. Those are mm. the things that really drive employees into the arms of unions or into taking drastic steps like concerted activity. Yeah. I mean, after all, you know, everyone complains about their job, um, except for me and you, I mean, you own your company, so what's the point, right? (laughs) But uh, those things, you know, they, 
blowing off steam is different than something building up over time, but things do build up and the conflicts arise. They have to start somewhere, you know, and it may seem like something uh, as small as that wouldn't, wouldn't possibly set something off. But if the, if the tinderbox was set, all it takes is a spark, you know, the, the, you know that there's these unions out there, you know, that, they've been formed at some point and that new ones do form. So there has to be a pathway to that to happen. Also, uh, Jim, you also have the internet now and unions mm-hmm. have gotten better at, at, at sending out information via the internet. And, and that is a, a big factor as well. So now if you're an employee and you feel like you're being mistreated and you want some help, you can certainly reach out via the internet and get information and get advice. And that is uh, another thing that makes it easier you know, to organize. Now, even though it's easier to organize, the numbers really haven't mushroomed. Uh, unionization among private sector employers is not very high. We're talking about less than 7% of the employees in the private sector are, are unionized. Uh, remember, in the union's heyday, uh, which would be like the 60s and uh, up to 35% of the private sector workforce was unionized. So unions have suffered, but that could be changing. And when you look at people uh, talking about strikes, when you look about, when you look at, uh, shortages of commodity co- commodities and uh you you hear crisis uh everywhere you look you're sort of reminded of the way things were in the 1970s and you know unions were a much bigger deal in the 70s than they are now and you certainly have to ask yourself could we see strikes increased union membership runaway inflation and shortage of commodities like we saw in the 1970s. It, it's certainly possible. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the instance you talk about someone was driving by and seeing some, you know, union members driving by and seeing collective action happening. And you could also see that on social media and mobilize. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, let's say that an employer sees this happening at their their company they their employees have decided to stop working or they're forming a protest uh what's the worst thing they could do at that point well the worst thing you could do is terminate the employees for engaging in protected activity and and i say that remember i'm a management lawyer so i'm i'm on the side of companies but the worst thing you could do is terminate the striking employees because They'll file a charge and then they will get reinstated. So you will look very small in front of the work workforce mm. when they get reinstated down the road. Uh, it, it's a it's a slam dunk case for them. If you terminate someone for engaging in protected activity, they're going to get their job back with back pay. So to automatically engaging in a knee jerk reaction and terminating them for that is is not smart and it'll 
ultimately make you appear more vulnerable uh, in the eyes of the employees and will actually uh, make them think that they have more power than they really do. The other problem with terminating an employee or employees who engage in this conduct is you create a martyr. And martyrs are uh, uh, bad because people sympathize with them and it gives fuel to the cause. So you know, a knee-jerk termination of employees involved in a, in a protest is definitely not recommended. It's against the law. And ultimately, it will make you less likely to prevail in the underlining in the underlying dispute. That's a really good point, particularly about the reinstatement. Um, yet you could see people organizing around somebody that stood up to the man, you know, and seemingly is untouched now. Um, so obviously firing these employees is out of the question. Um, but surely employers have something they can lawfully do should employees strike or engage in concerted activity. Absolutely. Well, the, the first thing is the employer always remains in control of the workplace. So you can ultimately uh, replace workers that are engaged in an economic strike and you can replace you can permanently replace them and a permanent replacement keeps the 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 striker's job uh until the the permanent uh replacement retires so it, it it's like a termination but here the 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 words matter so uh the other thing to keep in mind is these organic strikes aren't going to last long oftentimes they're they're needed the on the employee's part to blow off steam, to show, to stand up to a serious uh, issue that they perceive to be occurring at the workplace. Letting it occur, it, you know, it may go on for an hour. It, it may go on for a day. Very seldom do you see them go on for a long period of time. Remember, in the union scenario, the union will support strikers often with a strike fund. So it's much more organized and it has the ability to last longer. An organic, uh, spontaneous strike is not going to have any funding for it. The, the reason strikes fail is because people need money. They need to buy groceries. So if you're patient and you can understand what's happening and, and don't overreact, you as the employer will uh, be able to understand that a an organic strike is not likely to last long and you'll be you'll be all right as long as you don't engage in a knee-jerk reaction without of course talking to counsel and, and understanding what's happening on the ground and i would re would be remiss if i didn't say you should always avoid a knee-jerk reaction when it comes to wanting to terminate somebody regardless of the circumstances there are probably some very specific circumstances where you can do that and it's okay. Like someone hit somebody or something like that. But that's one of the things we always talk about when we talk about terminations, take your time, get collected, talk to HR and figure it out before you go, you know, shouting at somebody and hauling them out the door. 
Absolutely, Jim. And, and the other thing to bear in mind is the, the striking employee may also not engage in misconduct. So if they decide to post something outrageous on Facebook that disparages the company or the products, that could give the company grounds for, for terminating them. You know, strikes are, <laughs> there's actually, you know, there's rules regarding strikes and there's rules regarding concerted activity. So you can certainly engage in concerted activity, but there are rules on what is permissible and what's beyond the pale. And certainly any sort of violence is, is going to give the employer the ability to terminate any sorts of outrageous, uh, uh, statements um, on you know, on the internet or on Facebook, you know, could give the employer cause to terminate as well. So employees have to behave as well. Well, thanks, Jake, uh, for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Jim. We have set the stage today, um, and next week we're going to have Jake back to look at uh, collective action and unionization specifically within the context of the outbreak. Um, listeners, please check back for that episode. Uh, that will be next Friday. You can also follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode. You can subscribe through any of our, uh, anywhere you get podcasts, you can get our podcast. If you have any coronavirus-related employment law questions that you would want answered on one of these shorter episodes, email me at jdavis at blr.com, and we'll do our best to make that happen. Uh, if you do go that route, please just make sure that you use the subject line, HR Works, COVID-19 update in the subject. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.